Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 90. You know, we're only 10 away from 100. Oh, we're going to have to celebrate that. Make it big. Make it count. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This episode is titled Eat Your Way to Better Sex. You know, we cover this in some of our online courses, but I think this is a part of having a better sex life and a better relationship that a lot of people miss. Mm. Like a lot of people miss. They don't see any connection at all between the two. And there actually is a huge connection. So we're really excited to dive into that with you. All right. And full disclosure, we are foodies. And we are no medical expert or certified nutritionist, uh, but we do have a lot of personal experience and have been eating healthy and and going down the rabbit hole of what makes food healthy for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and I, in a past life, I did work as a personal trainer and uh, creating nutrition plans for people. I was a certified trainer and I did this for a living for a period of time. So, yeah, so we do have expertise and we just felt like it was good to give you a little disclaimer, you know, we're supposed to say like, whatever, trust your doctor and also just trust yourself. Basically, that's that. Take this with a grain of salt, take what you want, what you like and live the rest. But we do want you to have happy, healthy, sexy sex life. All right, before we get into that, let's give the first shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. You will find something for having harder, stronger erection, lasting longer, or increasing your sexual skills. And uh, I also want to say that if you like what we're talking about today, we go much more in depth in that with um, the course Power Up Your Erections, which you could buy on its own or you could have it all together bundled up with sexual mastery uh, because it is such an essential part of um, being really sexual master and feeling good about your body and in your body. Absolutely. So I want to start by just reading a short little piece from an author, Joanna Aducci at the Daily Meal, because when I read it, it, to me, it was like kind of summarized the main point that I wanted to get across. And then we're going to expand on that a lot. So she wrote, many men spend countless hours in the gym working on their physique, aiming to improve their health and stay fit. And let's face it, they also do it to improve their chances of at a stellar sex life. Little do they know many factors affecting their sex lives are tied to their diet. Simple things like skipping the drive through and drinking a little less at happy hour may drastically improve a man's libido and radically boost sex drive. Did you know that food has the ability to reduce testosterone, diminish sex drive, reduce sensitivity, and alter sperm production? Good news, it can also do the exact opposite. Many fruits and vegetables, whole grains and spices can regulate testosterone, increase libido, and significantly improve sex drive. Bottom line, what men eat affects their sex life. So why not use food to your advantage? Now, I will add that this doesn't just affect men. This absolutely (laughs) affects women as well, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. But I just love the way she encapsulated the idea that there really truly is a link between what you eat and how your sex life goes. 
Yeah, there's something very interesting. There's a saying that says, uh, you are what you eat. And while I believe it's true, it's not really the full picture. And what I learned through my many years of research and just using food for my own medicine is you are what you digest. And that takes it to another level because if your digestion is not optimal, you are not going to break down the food. And even if you eat really good food, if you have poor digestion or issues with your guts, no matter what you put in it, whether it's good fuel or bad fuel, it's still not going to be able to be broken down the way it needs to be broken down so that your cells can get the nutrition. So I want to say that as a first starting point is always to look at your gut health. And your brain, uh, actually your gut is also called your second brain. That's how important it is. There is a connection with your hormones, with your emotions, with your your just your well-being and the well-being of your guts. And just popping in a probiotic every day is not really going to do the trick. Most probiotics are not strong enough and don't have the shelf life that's required to really work well. And working with somebody in like rebalancing your guts, I think is always the very first step to look into and make sure that that is balanced. What we have done is uh, we love to um, use food rather than like supplements. I think coming from Europe, it's a very different idea because I grew up not really taking any supplements. It was something very rare that you might take, let's say in the winter, if you wanted to boost your immune system and you took like elderberry or, or some herbal preparation of some kind. But we never thought of it as like, oh, I must pop a pill or have a daily vitamin thing. It's never part of the culture. What we did do is... We went outside and, and let's say it's springtime, we collected nettles and we made, made nettle soup, you know, because nettle is really good to like uh, as a diuretic and, and liver cleanser and, and a lot of different things. We used, we used food as our medicine and that's really the where I come from. And I think that's why I don't always just go first to like, hey, I want to pop a pill as my solution, but I'm like, what can I use? So to tie it up to what I was talking about earlier about what do we use? Well, we do fermented food. It is one of our most favorite activity. I don't know. I'm speaking for Kevin and that might not be true. I don't know, you, you love fermented, fermenting food, right? You love slicing cabbage and, 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 and pressing down the cabbage to get the juices out, right? It's something fun, right? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, we don't need to go into it too much right now, but yes, we love to actually make the food that we eat because it, we, we know what's in it. Mm -hmm. We know how it's been prepared mm -hmm. and we get to put our own energy and love into it. And mm -hmm. So that, that's a whole other thing for sure. So the fermented food has really helped because it helps with prebiotics and probiotics and a lot of different things. And we make our own kombucha as well. So these are just little things to mention here in terms of like working with your guts, because if your guts are not healthy, no matter what you're going to do, even if you apply all of the tips we're going to tell you, it's not going to fully work perfectly because it's it's not working yeah. well. So that that's a great point to make, which is that you got to have your gut and your digestion working so that all of these foods that we tell you to eat will actually be able to do their job. Okay, so let's jump into... We're, first, we're going to give you a list of stuff you should avoid, mm -hmm. or at least limit. 
Then we're going to give you the list of stuff that you should eat. And along the way, we'll talk about our personal experiences with these things and fill in a little bit. So first one on the list of foods, and these aren't in any particular order, by the way, (laughs) is soy products and people who uh, want to be healthy. And I don't know, I think maybe it's changing a little bit today, but I know 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if you wanted to be healthy and you were involved in, you know, the health and nutrition, fitness movement at all, you were going soy everything, soy milk and, and tofu this and soy that and soy the other thing. Well, guess what we'd learned over this experiment over all these years? Soy products actually have what's called phytoestrogens in them. And phytoestrogens are plant-based estrogens that mimic the same type of estrogens that are in our bodies. And so it can really mess up with your hormone balance. So for guys, if you have an excess of phytoestrogens uh, running around in your bloodstream, it can actually cause a problem with your testosterone levels. But for women, there's also a problem. So if you're like, oh, okay, well, that's fine because, you know, men aren't supposed to have a lot of estrogen, but, but what about women? Women should be able to eat these just fine. And actually, no, because that can completely throw off her hormone balance as well. Now, there is a distinction that I want to make with soy product. If it's a fermented soy product, it is different. There is an enzyme that uh, is created when it's uh, fermented that basically inhibits the bad things of the um, estrogen, phytoestrogens in it. So what are uh, soy products that are fermented are tempeh and miso. Um, I don't know if the soy sauce... Falls, I think it falls in the fermented one, but I would have to double check. But so not all soy products are evil, but definitely they're not the best and they shouldn't be what you eat a lot, especially if you want to have a really good well, sex life. Yeah. And like most things, you know, it's how much of it you eat. Yes. So just keep the, the processed soy stuff to a minimum. Yes. Okay. Uh, second one that you want to avoid hurting your sex life are graham crackers and cornflakes. And I got really excited about this one because <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell you all about your favorite cereals. If you like listening, like Celine, cornflakes, I love my Kellogg's. That's what I eat all the time. I'm like, you may want to rethink this because maybe you're not aware that Dr. John Harvey Kellogg's you know, the guy who uh, created the cornflakes, his true intention was not to fill the hungry bellies of the people. What he really intended to do was to rescue humanity from a plague of debauchery. Basically what he wanted, he wanted to have people to stop having sex, including self-pleasure. So if I recall correctly, and it's been a while since I've, I've read this story, but I, I believe he worked in like basically what we would call a nursing home, right? Like, I think so, like yeah. A, like a, a place for older people. And uh, his entire purpose and intent in creating cornflakes was he was trying to make the most bland boring food possible because he thought that that would stop the people living there from having sex and masturbating. Absolutely. And he was <laughs> he was literally on the like anti-masturbation crusade. Oh, yes. uh, he even thought that having sex with his own wife was like not good unless it was to procreate. So basically he was a nut job. Yes. But <laughs> the, when you think about this, what it does, those things are like really empty calories. They just sit there in your belly and don't provide any nutrition. And if you think of the fact that it was indeed designed to actually kill your sex drive and your desire, like why would you fill yourself up with that? Yeah, of course. 
Okay, next one on the list is dairy with added hormones. That's almost redundant at this point these <laughs> days. But yeah, so the big problem with dairy products is that there are often, in most cases these days, a lot of hormones used in the production of dairy. Why? Because they want to get more production out of the animals. So they're pumping the animals full of hormones, which of course brings in a whole nother uh, list of problems like udder infections for cows, and then they have to give them a bunch of antibiotics to try to stop that. And it, 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 it's, it's really a mess, the modern dairy industry. You really shouldn't be eating any of it anyway. Um, but if you are, specifically as it relates to what we're talking about here is the hormones and how that can throw your hormone balance off. Mm-hmm. So always you want to look for organic, for dairy-free, for pasture-raised. When it comes to dairy, uh, if it's raw, it's better. And it's really not something that you should be eating a lot of. And this is coming from the Swiss woman, right? I grew up <laughs> in dairy lands. Cows are a way of life where you're from. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, the village I grew up in had more cows than villagers people living there, you know, and I'm not <laughs> kidding. So I grew up surrounded by cows. I mean, it's part of our culture. And at the same time, while stepping away from it, I realized that not all dairies are created equal. When I grew up, we, my mom would send me to the like cheese selling place. Okay. It's like a, the fromagerie. It's the place that sells the cheeses and milk. And basically the farmers would go there daily and deliver their milk. I would buy milk that was um, just pasteurized in a glass bottle and that had cream top on top of it. And that's the kind of dairies that I drank and that I, I was familiar with. And this is a totally different breed than the kind that comes that is homogenized, that is pasteurized, that is in a card box where it has basically lost every good stuff that was in it. So, yeah. so you know, the best dairy is raw, unpasteurized, unhomogenized, unhormone <laughs> added, unantibiotic added, unfull of pus cells added. If you can find that, you can you can have some of it. <laughs> Good luck. And another thing to uh, to that you're probably not going to like that is on our list is beer. I know beers are very popular, and also alcohol, which is interesting because I think it's all about how much of it you use because there's this idea that a wine a, a glass of wine a day keeps the doctor away especially in france everybody says that right i mean <laughs> it's like it's so part of the culture right to drink wine with every meal a glass of red wine and it's so full of antioxidants and while that might be true we're talking about one glass one a day a small well, glass yes and you know so I, i'm gonna just burst all your bubbles right because you know that's what i do i give people the truth even when they don't want to hear it <laughs> Right. So here's the thing is resveratrol, which is a, a component mm -hmm. of the, I believe it's the skin of the grapes, um, is actually really good for you. And mm -hmm. it's a really potent substance. And so there's been a lot of research done on it. Um, you can get it from other things than just grapes too, but it tends to be present in those things that are like dark reddish, purplish kind of color type stuff. And it's great. And so whenever they tell you, yeah, drink wine because it's got this in it and, and it's going to be great for you, they always leave out a very important part, which is that the science has shown 
that the negative effects of alcohol actually counteract the positive effects of the resveratrol. So at the end of the day, it's probably really not doing much of anything for you at all. Well, people like to use alcohol to loosen up so that they can have better sex. And what's really funny is when we have clients and they come up and they, they share some of their stories, maybe they had a, a more sum, an orgy or four sums, and they're like, well, we governed with another couple, we all had some wine, then we had sex, and then they're like well, I feel awful the next day and this, this and that. And I'm always like telling them like, of course you are because you weren't fully present. You didn't say no when you needed to say no. You didn't speak up for what you wanted. You were inebriated and it dulls your senses. And it might make that you get to have sex in the moment, but it doesn't make for great sex. And any man listening knows that if you're having a little too much alcohol, it's really hard to get a boner. It's a massive, massive boner killer. I, I agree. That was always my experience, uh, you know, back in the college days when you'd go out to the bars, you know, and you'd try to hook up and bring home a woman and like you were both drinking too much. First of all, it always made for terrible sex. Uh-huh. But the second thing is, is I always found it much more difficult to maintain an erection. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is a, an 18 to 21 year old super horny guy. Hold on. That's underage for you in America, right? Uh, Did you just say on air that you were drinking underage, Kevin? Absolutely not. (laughs) I would never say that. (laughs) Well, maybe you grew up in Europe just like us. For us, it's 18. You can drink beer when you're 16 and wine when you're 18. The point being (laughs) (laughs) that it really does uh, make it more difficult for you to achieve and maintain an erection. But the other thing about beer, so we're, we're kind of talking alcohol in general, but the other thing about beer is, again, it's messing with your hormones. Yes. It's a testosterone killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it has it has a high level of senoestrogen, like estrogen mimics, too. And this is why you see a lot of guys who drink a lot of beer have beer bellies. Uh, and what happens is that it, in, in, it inhibits, whew, I can do this, the production <laughs> of testosterone. Like, it doesn't convert anymore. And then they have excessive estrogen levels. And so that does not work very well with your sex drive and with your erections as a guy. I want to finish this with just a quick uh, study that was published on the NCBI, which stated that alcohol consumption decreased testosterone by 23% for up to 16 hours. So basically, if you drink every day, you're permanently decreasing your testosterone. Yeah, yeah, by a quarter. Yeah, and that's huge. It is huge because everybody knows like our testosterone are plummeting and it's hard enough to keep your levels up. So you don't want to do things that will intentionally bring them down. Okay, we have a few more on the list of things here. Um, and, and I'm going to do two together here, which are the processed foods and the fried foods, because I kind of put them both hand in hand. But in terms of processed food, I want you to think like, if you look at what you're eating and you look at the ingredients, if there are more like than five things in it, you probably shouldn't be eating it. If there are things you can't even pronounce, that should not be in your body. It yeah. has no room to if be If you don't know you. what it is, well, one, you should go look it up. But two, you probably shouldn't eat it. No, don't. Stay away. And then, you know, fried food is, I mean, I love fried food. I mean, who doesn't? Everybody loves fried food. Mm, good fish tacos every now and then is really yummy. But it, let's be honest, like fried food does not make you feel super sexy afterwards, you know. Um, and you're not even sexy when you eat it. <laughs> well, so, yeah, and it's not even just about how you feel. So some of these things... Um, actually, like fried foods, for instance, are really bad for your circulatory system. Yeah. So the problem with that is, all right, think about it as, as a guy, right? 
how do you get an erection? What part of your body is working? It's your <laughs> circulatory system. So mm-hmm. when you tend to eat a lot of processed foods, high fatty foods, um, uh, fried foods, mm-hmm. things like that, and you start to have um, cardiovascular system problems, that's going to affect your ability to achieve and maintain an erection. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's um, two more here on our list. Yeah, let's do the last one and then finish exactly up. Exactly yeah. what I was going to do. So it's, the, one is to eat too much sugar. And this is a really hard one because a lot of people are like, I eat very little sugar. I don't eat sugar. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. This is the reaction I'm having when they say that. Okay. <laughs> people don't realize how much sugar is being added to the prepared food that they consume every single day. Like Tons. they go like, oh, this like processed food or even it's like a frozen pizza, a frozen burrito, whatever the, that is. You look into this. There should be zero sugar in a pizza. It's a freaking pizza. Like, no, there is some sugar in there. And so... Well, so the thing is, look, if you have processed food or you have anything that uh, isn't fresh made right then and there, there's only two ways to make it taste good. You either load it up with salt or sugar or, or both. both. And, and, and sprinkle a good amount of, of, of fats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not a good kind. No. And so, you know, like sugar, again, is going to work against your, uh, your sex drive. You might get a sugar rush, but it's depleting your body. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what one of, the, uh, one of the biggest, I say side effects, but like symptoms of, of, of people who have diabetes? They can't get an erection. Mm, that's true. It's a huge problem. It's true. It's true. High sugar is putting you on the path towards diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we want you to eat your way to better sex, not eat your way to no sex. That's right. And so while we're talking about eating, we got to look at how much you're eating. And eating too much is going to really work against your sex drive. Yeah. So so this isn't a thing to avoid necessarily. Like, you know, we're giving you this type of food, that type of food. But almost no matter what type of food, eating too much is also going to be a problem. So this is kind of a general thing. No matter what you're eating is to not eat too much. (laughs) Eating too much is going to put on excess body weight. It's going to affect your ability to get an erection. It's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect whether or not your two bodies can physically even get together. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. It's going to affect your stamina. Are, uh-huh. are you like, you know, sweating, pouring sweat and out of breath mm-hmm. after five minutes of sex or not? Do you remember the time we had date night? I forgot what we ate, but I think I'm. Oh, is that the day we went out to like have Indian food or something? We ate so much and then I, we came home oh. and I was like, I cannot even have sex. I was like, That was the me. Ethiopian oh, restaurant. Ethiopian restaurant. And the food run. was amazing, but you ate so much <laughs> that you were like, don't even think about getting on top of me. <laughs> and I think it was even an anniversary or something like this. It actually was something like pretty like important. And I was like, do not touch me. Do not move me. And I was like, I'm sorry, but we'll talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously eating too much in one sitting is not good. Like, you know, if you eat too much, like you go out on a date with somebody and then you shove down a bunch of food and then you're like, eh, the last thing I want to do is take my clothes off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we're not even just talking about one time. Really, it's over the the course of, you know, your day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. If you eat too much and you start putting on excess weight, you're going to see a host of other problems show up that are going to negatively impact your 
sexual performance mm -hmm. and potentially even your relationship as your partner looks across the table and is like, who is that? Yeah. So now that we've given you all of the things to avoid, and it's not, it's not an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's plenty more. We want to give you a few good ideas of foods that boost your sex life. Um, but before we go into this, uh, we have a question for you. If you Are you longing for more connection, deeper intimacy, and red-hot passion in your relationship? Yeah, I'm sure you are. If you are a committed couple who loves each other but has lost a spark and has fallen into a boring routine, we have a special invite for you. We've created Relationship Synergy. It's a cutting-edge, next-level intimacy program for the modern couple to help you fire up your love life. So give us 90 days and we will help you transform your love life forever. So you can find more about um, Relationship Synergy at celineremy.com forward slash synergy. And this is really a very special invite that we both Kevin and I have for you because you would be working for with the two of us for 90 days and all of the things that we are talking about on this podcast we will like apply into your life this is a massive like and then some exactly massive mm -hmm. makeover <laughs> all right so let's get into the foods that boost your sex life so what should you eat now yeah, so, you know, we always like to leave the show on a high note. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're talking about stuff that's broken or doesn't work, we want to leave you with solutions. Mm -hmm. So, same here. We told you all the things not to do. Now, we want to tell you what you can do or should do. All right, so first one on the list, fruits and vegetables. So, you know, <laughs> I had to put this first on the list because... Anytime you ever have a discussion with somebody about how to eat healthy, the very first thing anybody will tell you, I don't care what their background is, is you need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a it's, it's kind of a fucking no-brainer. Like let's just say it, right? Like mm -hmm. you know you need to do it. You're supposed to be doing it. It's going to radically improve your health. Mhm. Mm um and, you know, again, it's like taking the veggies as pure as they can be, you know, get them from the farmer market, get them from an organic source, get the things that are in season uh, and prep them. It's about having the fresh life of the vegetable. You also want to eat a variety of the fruits of the vegetables and include things like whole grains and legumes and nuts and lean proteins into your diet. Um, it's all about like balance, variety. I like to think of it as a rainbow uh, when you have a plate you should have multiple colors it shouldn't just be a brown glob <laughs> it should have, should have beautiful colors and if you can have a color of the rainbow like i don't know if you can really have well you can have purple with like grapes and beets and stuff like kudos for you if you can have all of them in one plate yeah that'd be great okay i threw one on here that is uh, how you use it is important but i thought this might make everybody happy to hear <laughs> in, in researching this, so of course, you know, we, we have our own ideas and experience with these things. And, you know, we always want to look to see, well, what are other experts saying? So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we want to try to get a really broad um, a picture of the, the things that we're telling you. So one of the ones that I found was caffeine. And as soon as I saw it on, on a list, I was like, really, caffeine? This sounds just like the whole wine thing, right? So I had to research it a little bit more, and basically what they are telling you is that caffeine can improve circulation because it does have a vasodilating effect. 
Yeah, but not all coffee things are created equal, no, well, right? And, and that's why I kind of prefaced this the way I did. We need uh-huh. to talk a little bit more about that. So, yes, some caffeine in moderation can improve temporarily your circulation. It, you know, if you're if you're eating terrible food and you have clogged arteries, <laughs> the drinking a bunch of coffee is not going to help you, right? <laughs> so let's make sure that that's clear. But in some cases, that can improve some circulation. And also, let's add that if you uh, put tons of uh, milk and sugar in your coffee, you're probably not doing yourself a good service because these are on the big no-no list. Well, look, if you go to any one of the big chain places Mm -hmm. to get your coffee every morning, most likely what you're getting is some sort of mocha, frappa, latte, grande, (laughs) blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Those things are loaded with sugar. Mm -hmm. They're loaded with all kinds of artificial stuff calorically, it's like your entire day's worth of calories in In one one drink Mm -hmm. before you've even eaten. Absolutely. So with coffee, it's like it's high in antioxidant when you have fresh beans and and you just freshly uh, grinded them. So ideally, what you want to do is have like a hermetically sealed bag and you want to have fresh coffee beans that you grind yourself. The first coffee that you'll make will be the most potent ever. And you just make your own the small little dose of it. And that's kind of like what the Italians do, you know. Um, And so it's all with moderation. If you've ever been to Europe, when you ask for coffee like every every people who comes with me to Europe they go like what is this like the coffee that people serve you is like this tiny tiny like little ristretto like minuscule <laughs> little thing of coffee and here you get a grande <laughs> giant thing full of dirty brown water <laughs> that's what they call it sometimes in Europe that American dirty brown water <laughs> all right next on the list is arginine, or sometimes referred to as L-arginine, which is an amino acid. You can get it in supplement form, but it's also in other foods and things. Um, This is also uh, another thing that uh, promotes blood flow, so circulation in the body, which is why they recommend it. Mm -hmm. So I think if you want that, you know, research which foods are high in arginine, which one fits with your own diet restrictions and things you like to eat. Just like another one that's very important... Are are we going to the next one? Sure, yeah. Before we go to the next one, I want to put a little caveat on the arginine thing. Sure. So because we are dealing with, uh, you know, sex a lot on this show, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, a lot, like a ridiculously high number of people do have herpes. And that's just, Mm. you know, we we know that, right? So the reason why I'm mentioning that is because arginine can actually aggravate herpes. So if you know that you have it, type 1, type 2, taking a bunch of arginine supplements is probably not good for you because Mm -hmm. it might start to trigger some outbreaks or make the ones you have last a little longer. Mm. Um, In fact, if you have herpes, one of the things that you should be doing to help that is increasing lysine, which is kind of the opposite amino acid as arginine. So I, I just to throw that out there, <laughs> don't go, ooh, if I take a whole bunch of arginine, I'm going to have giant raging erections, and then you're stuck <laughs> in, in breakout land and can't have sex. So. <laughs> okay, number one is uh, zinc. Zinc is really good. It's, it's crucial for prostate and ovarian health. It's uh, critical for hormone synthesis and balance. So it works with the thyroid, progesterone, cortisol, and uh, testosterone. So basically, zinc is super essential to boost your sexual health. And things that contain zinc are like selfish and legumes, seeds, nuts, 
dairy, eggs, whole grains, even dark chocolate. Oh, yeah. Had to put that on the list. I know. Got to give people a few things that they're going to like no matter what. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and you can take zinc, too, as a, as a supplement. We'll put a link in the comment of, like, our favorite one that we do use for our own health. Uh, um, and so that's, that's another thing. And, you know, there's... There's a lot of things. Um, there's still things like food in, rich in flavonoids that are like berries and citruses and grapes and apples and hot peppers, you know, all of these things and cacao, red wine and tea. Oftentimes, these things make it to onto the aphrodisiac list. And it's a very interesting subject when it comes to aphrodisiac because a lot of people are like, Oh, they work. And a lot of people say there's no real science. And at the same time, I think a lot has to do with how we think of it. If you cook and you're thinking this is going to boost my immune system or, or, or my 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 um my sex drive or like make us more horny, you probably will make yourself horny just from thinking about it and thinking that eating this will work. Yeah, and but you know, there's real science behind a lot of this too. And but the science isn't like it makes you horny. No. What the science is, is the science is showing how these types of foods and these types of nutrients, how they affect your body, how they increase things like blood flow, mm-hmm. right? How they increase things like stamina, how they help you feel better about yourself. The reality is, is if you're relaxed, if you're not stressed, mm-hmm. if your body is healthy, you're horny mm-hmm. for most people anyway. And so I kept this one for last because we're talking about all these things to eat, but we there's one really important point that we need to bring here, which is about eating together. Because in some sense, your brain is the most important sex organ. We always say that, like between your ears is the most important sex organ. Sex begins with affection, intimacy, and desire. So mealtime is a great time to unwind with your partner and to build intimacy in a relaxed and pleasurable setting. And yes, it's okay to play with your food too and feed each other or become the tray for the food or, you know, I mean, we'll let your imagination go a little wild here. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, here's like another one of those secrets, right? (laughs) Which is, men, if you want to have sex with a woman, you've got to connect with her first. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, oh, I just got home. You just got home. We just took care of the kids. We just did the dishes. Okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. Like you need time to connect. And so if you have the type of lifestyle and situation where you can have a calm meal where you can connect, you can talk about the day, you can give her all the opportunity to talk about her day and what she did and how it was, and then you can tell her about your day. All of that is actually foreplay. Absolutely. Like turn off the TV and look at each other's eyes, appreciate the food, because also when you pay attention to your food and you chew it slowly, um, there's enzymes that are happening in the saliva when it breaks down the food easier and makes it more digestible. So you are prepping this whole thing and it can become so sensual, this experience. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned something, you should turn off the TV. You should never... Never watch TV while you're eating. Like, okay, maybe once in a while you might grab something and while you're watching. But what most people do is they come home, they turn on the TV, and they sit down and they listen to the news while eating dinner. Every study ever ever done shows that if you watch television while eating, you will eat more Mm -hmm. because you're not conscious of what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. You're staring at the screen and you're just shoveling it in and you're Mm -hmm. not paying attention, right? Right. 
And if you're gonna if you're gonna watch the news, really? The news that's what you're gonna watch. The news, which first of all doesn't have any real information on it anyway. It's all just lies and propaganda, but it's all just bad stuff. They learned a long time ago that, that to get ratings, they just had to share all the worst stuff that's happening in humanity. So you just had a long, stressful day. You just came home. You want to sit down, connect with your husband or your wife, share a nice meal, and you're going to put on the news? <laughs> really? So ultimately, it's about connection. It's about the attention and the intention. What you put into your food when you prepare it, you know, if you just like put your love into there, your good juju, it's about slowly eating it. It's about choosing food that's empowers you, supports you in feeling healthy, because if you're happy, healthy, then you can be horny. And if you don't have all of these, you're never going to have the highest sex drive that you can have. We're not saying you can't eat any of the bad food every now and then. It doesn't have to be a perfect thing, but become more aware of what you do on a daily basis and choose, choose good food. Choose things that will support your drive, support your performance, support your health so that you can be around your loved ones for longer and that you can share the things that truly matter in life, like heart-to-heart connection, intimacy, and love with other human beings. Absolutely. Well, so that's all we had on the list. Did you want to share with the listeners uh, your favorite recipe? I was going to give you one of my favorite chocolate mousse because, see, you can still eat chocolate and just make it really good for your sex drive. And it requires an avocado, raw cacao powder, and maple syrup. And that's all. And so depending on how much of of it you want, you want one full avocado, two or three, depending, you know, because you want to eat a lot of it. It's really good, healthy fat. The amount of chocolate you want depends on how dark you like it. I like my chocolate really dark, so I put a lot of cacao in it. And then I like it not too sweet, so I put very little maple syrup. And all of these, you mix it into a food processor until it turns into this moussey thing. And then you can either keep it in the fridge for a little bit to get it a little cool, and then you share that with your lover. Yeah. So, you know, we're not a cooking show, <laughs> although I'm sure Celine would love that. <laughs> but think about this. A lot of the things that we tell you not to eat, there are ways to make them healthy. Yes. And so don't think that you have to give up everything that you love and that tastes good. Mm-hmm. Not true at all. So if you're really interested in that, there's tons of stuff out on the internet. There's so many people who are sharing great recipes on how to make things that are fun, that taste really good, and that are actually healthy for you. So definitely check that out. So remember that what you eat goes a long way and it can play a good role in how you show up in the bedroom. So do what it takes. Yeah. And again, we said this at the beginning, we're going to say this again. Especially if you have any health challenges before you make any major changes, consult your doctor registered nutritionist, whatever, um, but do your research beforehand. We're just giving you some guidelines. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.